0: Okay, we are continuing the Maimara and uh, Shmois. We're up to the very top of page Nun. And we are discussing still this idea of the Shem HaGadol. Now, the translation of that phrase is the great name. More contextually, we should describe it as the infinite name. And the idea that our job of Yaakov and his family coming down into Mitzrayim is to bring this Shem HaGadol, this infinity of Hashem, even into a place of Mitzrayim. Now we have a rule that in order for the infinite to be embedded within the finite, there needs to be this process called tzimtzum. And the name of Hashem, again, we're working off that model, Hashem HaGadol, Yud Kei represents the process of tzimtzum. We begin with Yud, the smallest of the letters, which was suggest that Hashem compresses Himself into something that is uh, measurable, And as we know that the letter Yud can be expanded upon, stretched to make above, reconfigured to make an Aleph, a Yud above, and a Yud below, and so forth. Then the next letter is He, which has breadth and length and depth. And this is the method through which the infinite comes into the physical world. It has to first be this level of Tzimtzum. And this is how it comes down first into the stage, as we mentioned in the previous page, of the Mitzrayim of Kedusha which is the throat, which is constricted, and it represents the transmission from the intellect, from the brain, from the chachma, from the capacity to look up into the infinite expanse and imagine something outside of myself, primarily, of course, Hashem, through the holy characteristic of mitzrayim, that constriction of the throat, down into the heart, the character, and so forth, in, as the Jews go into the land that is good and expanded upon and revealed. Now, regarding the Mitzrayim, it uses a double expression, that uh, down we went down, which suggests that it's a continuous descent. There are various stages, one descent that is less evident godliness into a even less evident godliness and so forth. On the flip side, we have the same thing. With Yitzias Mitzrayim, when we leave, it says, I will take you up. Yes, I will take you up. Up, up we will go. Continuous um, ascent. At which point now we are ready to explain the idea of why the Jewish people went down into Mitzrayim. Uh, as we begin with a Marshall. That, um, in, in the letters through which we organize our thoughts and our, and our words, they both stem from the same source from the light of seichel. Because all of our midas, chesed, that is when we are generous, dim, when we are strict, and we are uh, punctual, is they all come from our seichel. But machshava, what we think about, comes from our midas. That is, generally speaking, we only think about something because we have some attraction to it. But sometimes that machshava receives from the seichel, the seichel being the intellectual idea, and the machshava being the concentrated Focused thought. Um, even if we, it has yet to express itself in the mida. That is generally speaking, we think about things that we like, but seichu, the capacity to imagine, uh, dictates to our seichu. But sometimes the two get uh, intertwined. As we, as we know, the difference between, for example, kapeda, which is an intellectual experience where one holds a grudge because they consider themselves to have been wronged, it's more of the intellect, in contrast to kas, which is the emotional characteristic of anger that comes from the heart. Similarly, the machshava is filled with it. That is, the person has some reason to be dis- disdaining and distasteful, and thus they follow up on it. And so to my the midas of Haseichel, it could be that the machshava, that is what we concentrate on and, and fixate on, um, receives from the seichal itself, not through the midas, not because I like it, not because it's something that's within my heart, even if the manner, sometimes the, 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 the spoken manner, is also received from directly from the seichal. We speak of something academic, even if we have no innate interest to without our midas. This is mentioned earlier in a meimer that describes about Rosh Chedish and so forth. Certainly, the idea of machshava, there are times that the machshava gets from the midas. That is, I like something, and therefore I think about it. And according to the Nimsho, the lesson, this is the idea of Yaakov going down into Mitzrayim, back in Pashas Vayigash. And from there, it continued to go down further and further, just as the pure academic manifests itself in Seichel, and from Seichel sometimes to Machshav, and then all the way down into our character, and ultimately into our behavior. It, continue, it goes in this continuous downspin, but it still is entangled, it is still knotted with, that innate sechel that is giving it its um, identity and its flair and so forth. Because, again, the person's thinking about whatever his sechel is dictating, or it is certainly commensurate with his sechel, And the same about what he speaks about. It is also going to be commensurate with his character. Like, for example, in this mashal, we understand the same idea, even though, of course, Hashem doesn't have a body and we always have our rule, that we are given permission to speak in human terms about Hashem, we understand that. As it, the, pas, the, the we got two Psukin. One Pusuk says, how abundant are your deeds, Hashem? They are all made through chach, which again suggests that it's all about the characteristic of Chachma, That is the infinite expanse. Again, Chachma does not mean my intellect, my IQ, the number of pages of Torah study that I have accomplished and mastered and so on. It is the willingness to incorporate something completely outside of myself. So this Pasuk that says, kulam all of the worlds, all of the deeds of Hashem that are so abundant and are infinite are made with Chachma. Uh, And it also says that through the word of Hashem, the heavens were made, that it comes through Debor. Now, Dibor speech is, of course, a very constricted form of expression. As we know that Hashem, of course, created the world through the statements. Hashem said, let there be. So on the one hand, we're saying that it comes from Chachma, which is infinite. On the other hand, we're saying it comes through the medium of Dibor, which is, of course, very restricted and defined. And so what we are saying is exactly this idea that the, that which is hidden to us, that that which is not overwhelmingly obvious is what's in Hashem's machshava, so to speak. And it is there also that there is a conceptual idea of all of the statements through which the world was created. Um, these exist in the spiritual sense. That is, he or let there be light is not only about the light that's visible here in this world, it is also a light that is in a, a non-defined, a non-tangible, a non-humanly experienceable uh format. It is in these hidden worlds. Um, that this is what creates the, the stars and the constellations and the malachim and the nashammas from level to level to level. They all come from this level of chachmah, but it's not a chachmah, it's not that can be comprehended and described. And the illustration of this Hamshacha is this quality that it manifests itself down here in the Yaakov uh, experience. That is, that it becomes invested within a thought. And then from that thought, it's able to be articulated into very specific and constricting letters. This is the two levels of the going down into Mitzrayim, even of Kedusha, as we mentioned earlier, that it's continuous, ongoing uh, stages of descent and descent and descent. So the essential chachma, that is the conceptual essence of it, before it's been manifest, just like a person might have an idea or an experience, and they want to share it with somebody else, so they have to think about it, they have to form an intellectual idea, then they have to manifest it through spoken words, then they have to communicate it, and as we probably all had the experience, there is a lack of fidelity, from the initial essentially infinite thought down to the tangible expressed term. But this level is what we call the quality of Yisroel. Yisroel, as we know, the name that Yaakov was given, his sort of promoted name, is a combination, it's an anagram of the phrase Roish. it is of the head, but just like in the head. And again, we're not talking about data or IQ, but the capacity to imagine something other than myself, is where the neshama rests, like it says in Tanya, so too this infinity of Hashem, that again, that's what we are uh, focused on, trying to bring that even into Mitrayan manifests itself, it connects with the, uh, the level of Yisrael, li reish, the, this level of chachma, but not a chachma that's manifest in this world, but sort of the pristine chachma, the chachma in its, in its innate form. Like it says, we have been brought close to the king, to his great name. And then we draw it down into this physical world. That's Yaakov. As we know that Yaakov was named that because he was holding on to the Akev, the heel of his brother. Why then is his name Yaakov, not Akev? Because his objective is to take that Yud, which is the first stage of Tzimtzum, the first letter of Hashem's name, and drag even that down in a positive sense that it should influence even down to the level of Akeb uh, of the heel, of the least naturally sensitized aspect of our existence down here into this physical world, it should be uh, uh, impacted by this Chach M'ila. Like uh, the Pasuk that says that the earth is Hashem's footstool, it's this idea that we bring through the letters of Torah, that is through taking this essentially amorphous, infinite concept, the Shemaya and understanding it intellectually and forming words in, in our intellect, and then manifesting those words through our speech, we are able to then bring it into Mitzray and bring it down here into this physical world. And this is the idea that Yaakov is known as the This is a, a, a metaphor that in the Mishkan you had all of the beams and they were all lined up. How did they get attached to each other? So they had clasps on the top and on the bottom. And they also had a rod that ran through the middle. So this is a phrase that of the bri'a chaticha minakotza lakatsa. this rod that ran from beam number one till beam last, straight through the middle represents this quality of Yaakov that runs through everything. It runs through it from, from beginning to end, which is the idea that we, that when the yidn first come down to Mitzrayim, the Parshish Vayigash, that it says, these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Mitzrayim, Yaakov and his sons, that they came from Eretz Yisrael, they came from the infinite, and they came down into the Metsar, into the limitation of this physical world. And here it also says, the B'nai Yisrael, Yaakov, because Yaakov is part of the B'nai Yisrael, because even the Yaakov level, which represents the heel, the naturally least sensitized aspect of our existence in our relationship with Hashem, should be receptive to this uh, innate, this sort of pristine level of chachm, which is the quality of Yisroel, the Li Roish, and it should be brought down to this physical world. This ends the first column on the on Now we go on to the next column, and we're ready to answer the, uh, the, the basic question that we have, or we have now answered the basic question, or the first question. In Pashas by Yigash, where it talks about the original descent into this world, into Mitzrayim. It's talking about going from the, uh, the the level of Eretz Yisrael down into Mitzrayim, and so it lists out all of the B'nai Yisrael. Why then in Shemais, the, the Rebbe asked in the beginning of the mind, did it have to repeat the names of all the Jews going down into Mitzrayim? And including Yaakov as one of the B'nai Yisrael, which is sort of a tautology. He is Yisrael. How can he be one of the B'nai Yisrael? But we now understand that what we are emphasizing is that when he came into Mitzrayim, he brought the level of Yisrael, the Li-Raj, this Chachma-Ilah, this infinite quality of Chachma down into the physical world, into the capacity called Yaakov, which is, again, bringing the highest level Yud into the most uh, tangible level, the level of the Achaim. So now the next paragraph begins on the left column. Now in Gullus we say that our signs or miracles we cannot see. The idea of signs is that nature has changed. That's what a miracle is. Just like Hashem told Moshe to strike the water, the Nile, and turn it into blood. That this, how does this occur? Again, what is the concept of the miracle? We bring a level of godliness that is ordinarily hidden from this world. Into this world, this is the quality of Hafmi being brought into this physical world. Uh, that is the shame ha'ya, the shame haggado, like we talked about before, this infinite level radiates down into this physical world. And therefore, the world is shaken out of its routine. And as a result, Haro, we can understand when he says, I don't know this idea of shame havayah, this idea of an infinite God. I only know Shem Elochim, just as Paro said, I have gods, you have gods, we'll fight it out. And our counter, which is that Hashem is infinite, is what Paro couldn't understand, this idea uh, of, of infinity. And that, that's why Paro relied on nature. Because Paro only understood a God that creates nature. And he could not imagine, and that's why the, the way to get Paro off of his stubbornness was through the shaking up of nature. But what happens when this level of godliness, this ilah this innate pristine level, of amazement, of infinity of Hashem, it starts to change the world. It changes the waters. It turns them uh, away from their natural states from whence they've been created, way back in, uh, in in the in the six days of creation. So it starts to change water to blood. Just like we see that a person's seichel starts to change their whole character. We learn a new concept that we become receptive to, not just more information, but a completely transformed characteristic. And now we become a different person. This is why the staff that we have a tradition that it came from the tree of life, then became a snake. And from the snake down here, that is this change from the hidden to the reveal. That is the godliness transforms it. And the same idea happens that it turns back into a snake similarly Meir Shlomo puts his hand at, the, at Har Sinai when he asks Hashem. Uh, I'm sorry, at the burning bush, at the snap, when he asks Hashem for evidence. Hashem says, "Put your hand inside your robe," and when he takes it out, it's white like leprosy, like tzaras, but then it's able to be returned and come back to healthy. Why? Because when we introduce this level from of infinity. So what was there all along, that is this level of godliness that has been hidden, becomes evident. And then it can go both to, from the stick to the snake, back to the snake to the stick, from healthy to saras, uh, white as, as the spiritual leprosy, and then return back to its healthiness. And this is specifically through the quality of Moshe. He brings this quality of infinity into the world of Parai, and this is true of Moshe himself, he was drawn from the water, again, revealed, the water conceals, Moshe was named that because he was drawn from the water, that's why we say our signs we don't see, the signs that are for the Jewish people, we don't live innately of this world, we are not of this world, we were all of a machshava, we were first of God's world, because in Gaulis, you have a concealment until the world starts to seem like it's dominant, it's the authority, and we. Don't see our role. We don't see our identity. We make the mistake of thinking we are of this world. The next paragraph begins that we now understand the second telling in Parsha when it says that these are the names of the of the children of Israel came to Mitzrayim. Yaakov, who was the level of Yisrael again, this level of Liresh, came down and was Mitzamtim was compressed into this level of Yaakov that he came down into this world of only what we can see, that godliness is compressed. But now there's a whole other level, a level that allows us to look at our own human experience and see that as a springboard to understand the godly experience. And just as we have the capacity to express ourselves through our voice, through using the breath of our air, but we derive it and we guide it and we mold it and meld it into forms of expression, We have the letters that are are, are, are pronounced and sounded out from the mouth, aleph, ches he ayin, those that come from the throat, and so on. And this is the idea that Moshe was of heavy mouth and heavy tongue, his speech impediment. Why? Because since Moshe is innately this quality called hafma, this infinite quality, so just like a great scholar, someone has so many ideas going on in his head that he can't compress them in. And therefore, they come out jumbled, no different than just going, yeah, uh, that, that is, they're stumbling to find how to compress this infinite concept into precise words. This is what led Moshe to having this idea as well. Like Hashem said to Moshe, you will be the power like a god. That is, you have this infinity that you're trying to compress into something finite. And that's where the disconnect came between Moshe and Para. That it's to, to be able to communicate the in, in defined terms that which is innately infinite and um, essentially detached from the physical world. But it should become expressed in the physical world. Like it says, Yaakov will no longer be your name, but just Yisrael. That is the level of Chachma that is uh, invested in the character and then into the words cannot be called Yaakov. It's got to be called Yisrael. And this is what it means, that you will then go and take every single one. And that's the description that Mashiach will rescue each individual person, will be able to put this infinite down into square pegs and square holes. This is what's then described when it starts to talk about the offspring, Ruvain and Shimon, who represent the capacity to see godliness. That's why he was named Ruvain, the capacity to hear godliness, the audible experience of godliness. That's why he was called Shimon. They now became evident. We now said, "Oh, now we can see godliness. Now we can see here godliness." Then came Levi. Levi means to escort, which is the idea that Hashem is always with us. The idea of Ashdachah Pratis, that Hashem is uh, escorting us. Hashem is always with us and seeing all that we are doing. Not like those who deny it and say Hashem can't see me, and so on. So when Torah repeats that Yaakov came down, that is bringing this infinite concept down into the physical world, and then it starts to enumerate all of the sons, each one, a different illustration of the awareness of Hashem that can be brought even into Mitzrayim, that never forfeits its innate connection with Hashem, not by minimizing and compromising their godliness, but but being able to achieve this from the top top to the bottom bottom, and that's why it says these are their names. That even in the Torah they were able to draw down the loftiest aspects of godliness, the names of godliness. Each one, male, female, bringing together all of these characteristics. We don't see it. We see them as enslaved. We see them as imprisoned in the And Torah is attesting to us that it is brought down here in this world. Now, this giloy this revelation that we should be able to appreciate, this is the bottom paragraph now on page Nun, is through there initially being a helm, this concealment, that is the yud of Hashem's name is so contracted that you can barely see it. And then it starts to get spread out, like the letter A that follows it in Hashem's name, which has length and breadth and depth. This is the way the world was created. First it was dark, and then it was light. by it was evening and then it was morning. This is the idea of the gullus of Mitzrayim that was necessary, the, as we spoke about in the previous page, that the darkness of Mitzrayim was a necessary preparation for the revelation of Mount and tayra to us and to our children, that God spoke to us face to face. But for that matan that we got, it was sufficient for their, quote, only to have been 210 years of exile. But for the uh, galus for the evidence of godliness that we are going to see with Mashiach, the panemius at the Matan Torah of panemius at when we will see God high to high, and the glory of God will reveal to all flesh to see, that's why this dalis is so long and so dark, like it says by Abram, that he woke up early in the morning to go do Akedus Yitzhak, that it had to be after the darkness of the night that he could wake up in the morning. The revelation of light always has to follow the darkness. And that that darkness of 210 years in Mitzrayim led to Mount Taylor. And the darkness that we are experiencing will lead to the Giloy of Pnimis Ater with Mashiach. But Avram didn't have that because he didn't have Mount Taylor. We now moved on to the next page. Um, That uh, in Avram's experience prior to Mount Taylor, He only had uh, shame uh, of Havaya. But in the times of Mashiach, it says, Baha'i HaVaya.